Hey everybody, welcome to the Canadian Job Search Podcast. My name is John Rubero and I will be your host. I'll be interviewing recruiters, hiring managers, and experts to help you land your next job sooner. Just a quick reminder to download your high converting resume template that's been proven to get you more job interviews at resumetemplate.canadianjobsearchacademy.com. And if this episode resonates with you, then remember to subscribe, comment, and share. Thank you and welcome to the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. My name is John Burrow, your host, and today we've got a very special guest in Gino Moretti. Gino Moretti is a former director with uh, who used to work for one of Canada's largest telecom organizations. And, you know, to tell you the truth, he's a close friend of mine as well. We've worked together for many, many years, and I'm so glad to have him here. Gino, welcome to the podcast. Hey, John, thanks very much for having me, and uh, hello to everybody out there. Um, I understand today, John, you wanted to talk about recruiting and some of the things that uh, I used to look at when I, I was hiring folks. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Correct? Yeah, no, absolutely. So one of the things, and, you know, for the listeners that are out there, you know, listening into this, Today, we're, this is part of the leader series, so this is where we interview managers, directors, and VPs to understand what they're looking for when they're bringing people into the organization, because it's slightly different from what recruiters are looking for, and just to have, you know, Gino, your perspective and your insights in terms of what you're looking for is, is something that's going to be invaluable for those that are listening. So, so Gino, let's just hop right into this. Um, you know, when you are in the midst of recruiting, actually, first off, let me ask you one question. Do you even like hiring people? for for your team is that something that is one of the things we talk about day to day this is you know not necessarily a day your day-to-day task but is it one of those things that you you thoroughly enjoy absolutely it's the most actually john it's one of the most important things uh no different than you know for those folks out there that have played sports it's no different than setting up a team for success uh without the right people on the team and a good mix uh, you you tend to, to run into situations where you end up with too many of one type versus another. And, um, you know, you got to go in there understanding what you're hiring for, what you're trying to achieve, and more importantly, um, the time you're hiring. And, and what I mean by that, John, is if, um, if I'm hiring for a senior resource and I come across a resource that I may feel isn't going to stick around for the long term, but I have a strong bench of younger folks and, and capable folks. They just need a, uh, someone to, to kind of get them over the hump. Um, I may hire for understanding that I may lose the individual in a year, a year and a half, because it's part of the strategy that, uh, that I'm, I'm invoking at that time. So um, a lot of times recruiters will look for hiring for the long term, And, you know, in, in a lot of cases, that's the right uh, approach, right way to look mm. at it. Um, other times though, you may um, have the best resource at your fingertips and you may have a sense that they're only going to be with you for two years, but those two years will allow you to bring your folks that are up and comers to the point where they can take over. And those are your lifers, the people that you want and that you expect to be with you for a longer period of time. Yeah, no. And, and that's true. Right. So, so it, it's interesting that you talked about that. Cause one of the things we talk about is just, you know, when, when, managers and directors, VPs are hiring, you know, they're hiring with a very specific intent and a very specific purpose. And it sounds like your purpose is, even though, you know, you're going to bring people in for, you know, a year or two, depending on, you know, what your overall strategy is for your team and building up that bench. Um, it's really around progression and growth. And, and, and actually that, and that's one of the things I've always admired about you in, in terms of what you've been able to do with people within your team is to grow them. So, 
So what are some of the characteristics that you look for, you know, as you're bringing new people into your team and new people on, onto, you know, we'll use your analogy onto the bench. What are you looking for specifically? What kind of characteristics? Well, I think first and foremost, um, what I'm looking for is, um, is a combination of, you want to get a sense of honesty. You want someone um, that is going to be in there and is not going to be afraid to make mistakes. Not that we're looking to make mistakes, but um, we will make mistakes. That's, that's just, that's just the nature of, of, of what we do. Um, the only way not to make mistakes is to not do anything. And that's not the type of, of resource you're looking for. So mm-hmm. um, from, th- from that perspective, honesty, um, someone that, that um, is, is intelligent, obviously. Um, a background in the area that they're, that they're pursuing um, is definitely an asset um, within the IT organization. But I don't necessarily, again, unless I'm, I'm looking for that, that skill set that says they have to be an expert at that time, um, sometimes I'll forego, um, you know, a uh, person not having the, the most experience in that specific area, um, because when you're interviewing them, their, their ability to communicate and communication actually is probably one of the, the most important. And, and when you look at communication, they, they need to be able to articulate both verbally um, and in written form. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan, John, you remember, I'm not a big fan of, of, you know, PowerPoint presentations and whatnot. I was more of, mm-hmm. of, of an individual that let's get in a room and let's work this out. Um, because I think, uh, you know, the iterating back and forth and being able to communicate your thoughts and, and, and you always find that people will, will build upon something. So it's a lot easier to critique something and, and, and make it better than starting from scratch and trying to, you know, develop something that's, that's a unique trait unto itself. So again, you get two or three people, um, you know, and then the other thing that I look for, um, and I, and again, going back to our history, John, I, I think you'll probably remember, uh, years back when we were hiring in the service desk back in the day, um, mm-hmm. you try to find a fit. You want to build a culture within the team and you need to know you can't have too many A types as an example, or you can't have too many, you know, people that are introverts. Um, you need a good mix so that people complement each other's skills. And that actually helps all of them grow as time progresses. And as a manager, that helps, um, that helps you out um, because you've got a good balance of, of, of skill sets. Yeah, no, and, and that's interesting. So you've got a lot of good stuff there in terms of, you know, hiring, you know, honesty matters for sure. And uh, I'm 100%. I agree with you. If you can't somebody who if you can't find somebody who can't be honest, uh, with sharing even, a, you know, a failure with you, then you know, you're gonna have problems when you have challenges on your team. So honesty matters 100%. Communications, the other one that I'm hearing as well, you got to be able to effectively communicate both verbally and, you know, written, you know, presenting, but also what I'm hearing is you have to have an ear or you have to have a mind that's innovative and collaborative, right? Cause it's, you know, like you said, you bring people into a room, you don't necessarily need to start from scratch, but you need to, you know, kind of take what's in front of you and then make that better. So that, Absolutely. that, that collaborate, that collaboration piece is incredibly important, but you talked about culture, right? So, when you're hiring, and this is more specific around hiring management, right? You know, based on your, your previous role as a director, you, you had to bring in managers to create that culture within your team. How would a candidate show you that they're very good at, you know, building that or taking what, you know, you've got as a concept of culture and taking that and expanding that onto the team, especially in today's environment, right? With, you know, with the pandemic and with COVID and, and you know, things being remote, 
you know, what would you be looking for or how would you assess that somebody has the right culture and the right fit for your team? Because I know this is one of those questions that a lot of candidates are wondering about. How do I show that I'm a good fit for culture within a team? So a, a couple of ways. Um, it's pretty hard and, and you know it. Uh, it's pretty hard to assess an individual in one or two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so one is um, situ- situational based um, questions. So, um, you know, uh, you know, put under the, this situation, um, have you ever run into um, this situation? And if you have, how have you, um, how have you addressed it? How have you, you, you tackled it? Uh, you know, because at the end of the day, what we're looking for is, to your point, you want to be innovative. You need to be innovative. Um, mm-hmm. you, you also need to understand what you're hiring for. And I think, again, John, you've heard this probably a number of times. Um, if I'm building a team, so if I've recently taken over a team um, that that has um, has challenges, uh, needs to grow, um, has stumbled in the past, I think the first thing you need to do is assess what you know what you have, and what you need to hire for. Um, mm-hmm. Also, um, we've talked about in the past as well, like you know the way I, I looked at things always moving into a new role. I don't know the people coming into the role. So I would basically give everybody an opportunity. I didn't care what somebody previous to me might have said about somebody. Um, it was more around, okay, let me understand. Let me see how this person operates. Um, and then those are the types of questions you want to you wanna pull out of the individual when you're, you're, um, you're hiring. So as a manager, if you were brought into a situation where, you know, you, you, you're bring, being brought in to fix an organization, um, you may be looking for a specific type of manager. Again, it's a it's a builder. It's somebody that can go in, shake things up, get things started. But then you got to remember, if that person is in that role for too long a period, um, they may fix things only to turn around three years later, four years later, and feel that they have to you know uh, break it because that's that's the way that they're built. They're built to fix things. At that point, mm. you may need to bring in somebody that is more of a you know. Uh, a farmer versus a hunter. You've heard those terms before. So you, you yeah. want somebody to sustain that because you've got it to a pinnacle. You got it to a point, at least for the next period of time. That doesn't mean you don't continue to um, iterate and, and, and improve. But that, to me, when I look at improvements and things like that, that's all process-based. That's all how you set up your, your department such that when you find that there's areas that need to be improved, there's a mechanism to identify it and then ultimately um, rectify it. So um, again, it's really important that when you're interviewing these managers, you want to be able to get the sense of one, what am I hiring for? And then two, start to delve into situational based questions. And a lot of times you've got them in your own background where you've been introduced and, and you've been hired to do something. And how did you approach it? And what worked for you? What didn't work for you? And then how do you bring that out in a question so that mm-hmm. you can give that person the opportunity to respond? Yeah, no, and, and that's fair. It's, yeah. So definitely, you know, the person doing the interviewing definitely has to have a clear idea in terms of what they're looking for. And then showcasing that through, you know, like you said, you talked about situational type responses, right? You know, this is what I've done in the past in this situation. And if you've never had a problem in any of your teams and any of the situ- in any of the departments that you've worked with, then that's a, that's a red flag, right? Because absolutely. So, Right. So the one thing that that really stands out for me is, you know, for 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 people who are moving and, you know, some of the people listening to this podcast, you know, they're in there are places in the world where, you know, you don't necessarily challenge management. So, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, there's never really a conflict because you're told what to do and then you have to do that. And that's it. Uh, For those type of people, what would you recommend? Right. Because that's, you know, what would they need to bring into the room to highlight that they're capable of showing that even though they worked in a former 
or, you know, in a past previous environment. And, you know, you and I, we both have, you know, tons of experience hiring newcomers to the country, right? Um, Absolutely. So, so what is it that you're looking for in those people, especially for those newcomers? What are some of the things that they need to do to stand out, to be slightly different and kind of separate themselves from the rest of the pack? Uh, I think uh, primarily, again, it comes back down to um, understanding, um, well, as a manager, and I think uh, today, especially in uh, in a multicultural type environment, one of the things that a good mm. manager needs to understand is to really zero in and understand what the cultural nuances are, um, because they are different. I, you know, I, I come from a European-based background. Um, and, you know, over time and what we'll find over time is you're going to your second generation, third generation, very different than first generation. First generation are typically, like you say, coming in from places where they don't ask questions. They, they're told to do certain things um, and they'll do it, whether it's right or wrong, they're going to do it. I think mm-hmm. what, what you need to do is have that conversation in the room and just see how the person reacts to that. So, again, you don't want to you, you don't want to come across as accusing someone of, of, of acting a certain way or working a certain way. But if you pose a question such that, you know, um, you're you know, I'm, I'm your manager and I'm going to tell you I'm going to ask you to do something which you don't feel is appropriate. Um, and, and it's going it's to have consequences. So how do you how do you broach that conversation? How do you bring it forward in such a way? Um, that you're comfortable bringing it to your manager and, and that your manager isn't going to take offense to it. So, um, again, ask the appropriate questions, you know, sit down in advance, run it by your questions, run it by some of your team members, maybe that maybe of that, of that persuasion of that culture, um, just to get the sense from them. Like, don't be afraid to run those questions by, you know, other peers to say, hey, guys, how do you hire um, because we all have different ways of hiring. Like I, I, when I first started years ago and I was hiring, you know, for, um, you know, analysts as, as an example, um, mm-hmm. I may have had a, a certain approach to, to hiring. And then as I transitioned and moved into a managerial role and then to a director's role, and then ultimately, you know, folks that are a VP role, they're going to be looking for something different. So, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's situational. I mean, you keep hearing this word from me, situational based, it's situational based, situational based hiring. Um, so again, if you were coming to me, John, and you were saying, Hey, uh, and I got the sense that maybe I, I've got this feeling that you, you, you know, you might be hesitant in bringing things forward or, you know, being somewhat shy because your culture, um, that's where you were raised. I would pose the questions and ask you, you know, point blank. Hey, if I came up to you, John, and said, I asked you to do something that you felt that was ultimately going to, you know, harm the department or harm, you know, um, you know, the, the things that we're trying to do. Um, how, how would you approach it? How would you bring it forward to me? Um, and then, you know, then you want to coach it and, and almost have a, a coaching session within that interview um, to, you know, if it doesn't align with the way you would um, expect North American, you know, um, you know, uh, attitudes to, to kind of come through or, or what you're trying to build as from a team perspective. Um, you know, and then the other thing that, that we used to do quite often is once you get by, get by the first or second interview, if you're going to have multiple interviews is um, bring in your team, the people that this individual is going to work with. Um, and get their assessment of the team because you got to remember of the individual, sorry, not the team. Um, you got to remember this person is going to be working likely um, more so with, with his peers than he is going to be with you. So get their feedback, understand them. And if you've built a strong team, um, you know, the team's going to come forward and they're, they're going to give you their feedback and, and, and you know, and then you, you address and you deal with it. If, if you've got a really good sense and a good hunch and they don't, then you have the conversation internally to figure out, you know, 
you know, is this something that, that we move forward with or is it something that, that, you know, we look for a different candidate? Yeah, no. And, and that's great. Cause it's, and it, that is, especially today's environment, right? Like just, you know, what, how to stand out, right? How to, how to really fit yourself in. So those questions, right. And preparing yourself, you know, for those that are listening, for those that, you know, are taking this in, you know, preparing yourself in advance to address some of those objections, to address some of those, um, what might be perceived as, um, you know, challenges in front of you, even though you haven't dealt with those situations, you know, just like Gino said, you know, that's the elephant in the room, just address it, you know, take care of it. Even if you're not even asked a question, make sure you still address it and say, hey, you know what, you might have a concern around this. And this is how I want to answer this particular question this way, just to give you a sense that I can actually do what you're looking for. So there was, there was, but go ahead. John, just let me, inter- just let me interject a second. The other thing you got to remember is um, that interview, that hiring doesn't end in that room. So mm-hmm. as an example, if you've got, if you've got, you know, good, a good sense that um, this person would be a great fit for your team. Um, but there might be one or two things that, um, that you, you know, you're kind of leery on um, mm-hmm. be upfront when, like, when you're, when you're at the point where you think you're going to hire that individual, be upfront and just say, Hey guy, you know, we got three months four months, well, depending on where you're coming from in Canada, you know, generally you've got three months to, to assess the individual after you've hired them. Um, if, and be upfront with them, say, here's what I'm going to be looking for. Um, you know, I think you're a great fit in all regards, but I really need you to focus on A, B, and C. And, and if you find that, you know, that they, they understand what, what you're looking for, chances are they're going to focus on those areas and you get a good sense as to whether they'll you know, they'll push through things or they'll come to you and say, Hey, wait a minute, you know, you know what? I understand you want me to work on A, B, and C, um, but I'm, I'm struggling with A. Can you help me? And that's, that's what you're looking for. Ultimately, you're looking for somebody that's going to come forward, understand that they're going to grow um, and where they need help, they're going to raise their hand. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's, well, that's as a manager, I always look for that. So, so this is great. And, and actually, you know, I, I was dealing with, uh, I was working with one of my clients the other day who unfortunately had, they had gone through the entire interview process. They got a, they actually landed a job with an organization and unfortunately they got let go in the senses, you know, what came down to it after the coaching conversation was, uh, you know, the expectations of the manager was that they expected more independence from me. Because it seems like, you know, here in North America, especially here in Canada, whether it's Canada, the U.S., you know, when you assign somebody a task, you're not necessarily telling them how to do the task. You're just like, just go get this done and you figure out the way to do that. I just want to get a sense from you. Is that kind of what is true or is that just a perception that I'm, I'm kind of understanding? And, you know, from your perspective, um, is that true? Are, are you just, you know, here's what I need you to do, but I'm not going to tell you how to do it. No, I, I, I think in that case, that situation you just explained to me, that's a failure mm-hmm. on the manager's part. It's not a failure on the individual hiring. So again, um, depending on what I'm hiring for, if I'm hiring a mm-hmm. senior person, um, then yeah, I'm going to expect them that they're going to, you know, they're going to be a self-starter. So you always want everybody to be a self-starter. That, that, that's a good, <laughs> but um, if I'm hiring an expert, um, I expect, you know, that that person's going to know, you know, 95%, 85, pick a number. Um, but yeah. it's going to be a high number. Uh, uh, and, and you're looking to them to move things forward. If that individual continually comes back, um, then you got to ask yourself, you know, are, are, you know, have, have they misinterpreted or have they misrepresented themselves? Um, are they, because the other thing you, you, you know, we're very familiar with, um, it's very easy to put a bunch of letters behind your name. 
it's another thing to be able to actually live up to those letters behind your name. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's some, a lot of folks out there that can study really, really well and, and, and get their um, designations. But then, you know, when it comes to practice, they really haven't had the hands-on practice. And that's where you really get, um, that's where the, you know, where the rubber hits the road in, in, in all tenses or all senses, sorry. Um, but yeah, again, I, I, I would say in that specific uh, situation, John, I, I would, and, and if I'm the high, if I'm the person that now has been let go and moves on and is moving on, I would mm-hmm. take that as a lesson learned. And so when you're in the next interview with somebody, don't be afraid to ask the question. Don't be afraid to say, what is your expectation of me when I'm coming into the role? Because then, you know, it's one thing to come into a role and understand, you know, it's a good fit. There's another one that you're getting into the role, not understanding 100% what the fit is. But if you can ask those questions in advance, it allows you to prepare. So, or turn down the offer. It may come in and you may turn around and say, this guy's expecting to be an expert from day one. And I'm not that person. I'm, I'm just on my way up. So it's mm-hmm. not a good fit. It's okay to say, you know, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. I've learned a lot from the conversation, but I, I you know, I, I don't want to let you down. And, and ultimately, I don't want to go through this exercise and only to find out that, you know, it's not a good fit for anybody. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and yeah, both you and I, I think we've always had a consensus around making sure that we have the right fit. And sometimes having the right fit, um, you, you know, it means sometimes you think you have the right fit, but <laughs> uh, it, it just so happens that when people show up, they show up a little bit differently and they're not necessarily the right fit. And you got to do it for the benefit of the team, right? At the end of the day, one bad apple, you know, the, the expression one bad apple spoils the bunch. So but you're right. You know, just kind of going back to to what we talked about earlier. You're right. It, uh, for that particular situation, the person I was dealing with, that was a failure on behalf of the manager to not necessarily effectively manage the person to get them to a place where they knew that they needed to do some work and improvement. Um, but here's another thing, and this is what I want to dive into this because this is the one thing I'm hearing from recruiters is important. And I want to make and I, I want to get your perspective on this when it comes to job interviews or when it comes to even getting a resume in your lap. How important is a referral? Uh, in, in OK, so from my perspective, um, mm-hmm. I always look for I always look for referrals, John, and, and yeah. referrals from people. I mean, obviously, if I knew the person and I and I. Uh, um, like the, the, the person referring. Um, so if I knew yeah. the person that was referring and I had a great deal of respect for that person, um, then to me, that means that's a lot that to me, it almost means more than what's on paper. Um, because at the end wow. of the day, wow. assuming that again, assuming that that person you're hiring is coming into a, a role that he or she, um, did, um, a similar role that he, that they did with the person referring the individual. Mm-hmm. Um, typically I'll, I'll do the same. Just, just so if I refer an individual, I will not refer an individual if, if I think they're going to tarnish, you know, my reputation. Um, yeah. because at the end of the day, I'll feel that I'm letting down, um, you're going to say, I, I was referring some to you, John, I'd, I'd feel, I'd feel bad because I'd be letting you down. Um, so, yeah. um, you know, there, in most cases, if somebody comes to me and, and I, and I value the person or I value the person that brought it forward to say, Hey, um, you know, I'll ask questions, obviously I'll say, here's the situation that I'm looking for. Here's the individual I'm looking for based on your experience with that individual. You know, do you feel that they have the skill set and, and whatnot? Um, you know, uh, it may feel like nepotism or whatever else. Um, but in, in that case, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for the best fit for the team. It's not the best yeah. fit for me. It's the best fit for the team. Nice. Yeah. And, and, and that's, you know, that's a great point, right? It's 
I'm not going to call it nepotism because you can't call it nepotism, but it definitely is from a, from a referral perspective, you know, because one of the things recruiters are telling me is, you know, if you're actively looking for work, leverage your network, right? Like that's the place to start in, in combination of applying for work. 50% of your time should be spent networking and connecting with people. So it's Absolutely. good to hear that, you know, a referral because I know in some places in the world, a referral means a different thing. But I know here in, in North America, it actually carries a lot of weight. And like you said, you know, if you get a referral from, you know, somebody that you know, somebody within your circle, you're going to be more likely to, to take a chance and interview that person or even give them, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? They're already edified before they enter the room because somebody else has talked them up to you, right? So it, it does carry a lot of weight. And it's incredibly important to know that, you know, having those those relationships with people that can get you the referral to, to get you into into interviews with hiring managers and directors of VPs, uh, that's going to carry a lot of weight. Otherwise, you know, right. Otherwise, you're going through the standard channels, which today, you know, aren't necessarily working. Right. Especially with this pandemic. Right. So based on what you've seen and I know, you know, you know, you, you've hired, you know, hundreds of people over the years. Um, but what is, you know, based on what you've seen over the last year, if you were to bring in brand new people, what would you be looking for? What, what would be some of those key skills, especially since a lot of us are now, you know, everybody's working remote. What would be some of the top skills you'd be looking for? I think, again, I think you need to be a self-starter. Um, you need to, because uh, communications now is kind of diminished. So communications is now done by digital, it's digital yeah. channels. It's less one-on-one, -on -one, right? So, um, you know, communications is a big one. Um, Self-starter. Um, again, a referral would be big. And, and what the referral gives you, John, is history that you don't get in a room or you don't get off a resume. Um, mm -hmm. You know, a person can put whatever they want on a resume and they may be able to talk, you know, really, really well. And, and, and you get a good feeling for them, but you never have that history that, you know, what have they done? And, and truly, you know, um, that's what the, you know, that's what a, an individual um, referring an individual brings to you. It also gives you another line of questioning that you may not be able to ask that person um, on the, in an interview, right? So you can ask them some additional questions that you may not, you know, you may not ask during that interview. Um, but, but again, going back, what am I looking for? Um, how do you present on? Yeah, okay. yeah. So yeah, just given where we are today, working in this remote environment, you know, what yep. would be some of the things that you would look for in a, in a manager to be able to effectively manage your team and give you that sense that, you know what, I've made the right decision here by bringing in this person, given the environment that we're working in today. Sure. Again, a uh, couple things. One, um, you know, how uh, and the, the, the question, the line of questioning, um, how are you mm -hmm. how are you coping with the pandemic? Um, what are some of the things that you're doing differently now that, um, you know, as, a, mm -hmm. as an employee, as a, a prospective employee, what are you de doing differently today? Um, because a lot of people are, you know, starting to crack and not in a, in a, in a I don't mean crack, like, you know, Looney bin, um, or, you know, I'm sorry, um, somebody that, that, um, you know, that, that's having mental, um, stress or, or whatnot mm -hmm. to the point where, you know, it, it's going to impact them and, and the way they operate. That's not what I'm looking at. What I'm looking at is what are you doing differently? Um, some people, you know, took to exercising in their basement. Some people, you know, took to, um, you know, in my case, um, you know, you know, that I've recently retired and prior to, you know, last, <laughs> last month, um, what I did to change the way we operated as a team was we would have virtual meetings and we would, we'd each walk 
um, in our own mm. areas. So my, you know, my, my colleagues, my, my team members would be walking around their neighborhood while I'm walking around my neighborhood um, for two reasons. One is you get the person out there um, getting them, you know, um, off the couch, off the thing, get their, their brain freed up a little bit, you know, fresh air, whatnot. You want to ask those questions. What are you doing differently? How have mm. you coped? Um, how has it changed the way you work? Um, and then understand how you're expecting that individual to work within your environment to get a sense for, hey, wait a minute. Hey, this guy's got this person's got some some um, some really creative ideas and what they're doing. So, hey, that starts to give you a thought of this person thinks outside the box. Um, this person is doing something versus oh, I just sit on the couch and I play a game and I do this and I do that. That'd be great for your mental health. That Maybe that's great for you. But you haven't changed. You haven't, you know, bettered the way you 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 do things. You kind of just cocooned. That's not what you're looking for in, a, in an individual. And 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 again, those are types of things that'll come out in an interview if you ask for them. Yeah, no, for sure. And 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 I really like that. Just showing that creative side with, you know, how have you? And I'm just going to rephrase a little bit here. But how have you been growing throughout this whole thing, right? How have you been? transforming how have you been growing how have you really become innovative to make sure that you're still managing listen if a leader doesn't have strong mental health he you know the rest of the team is going to fall apart because things aren't going to be managed effectively things are going to be let go and uh, you're just it's just going to be a constant struggle so it, it's great that you mentioned you know and i love that question you know what have you learned or what have you done differently throughout this pandemic how have you grown what are you doing differently? Show me, right? Like to yeah. kind of show me with examples, like you said, you know, going for virtual walks with your team. Fantastic. Right. Like it's just, it's just one of those areas where it's like, you know what, I, I, I you know, it kind of, it also shows how you take care of the team as well. Right. Like as a manager, as a director, one of the things you want to know is that your managers are looking after their teams. So their teams are, you know, giving you the output that you need them to, to put out there. Cause what I also Absolutely. find or, or what I've heard um, is that, you know, expectations are higher today, right, than they were, you know, 16 or 18 months ago uh, from the people working on the team. So how are you taking care of those people, right? It sounds like that's an yeah. incredibly important part. Absolutely. Absolutely. The other thing to, to keep in mind, John, um, during, you know, during the pandemic, it's like, how, how have you changed your, how long have you been, you know, you want to get a sense of how long the person's been, been uh, looking for work and, and how have mm. you changed how have you changed your approach to getting a job? Because it has to change. It can't be the same as what it was before. So, you know, what have you done differently? Like you can't go knock on somebody's door, like back in the day, back in the year, oh, I'm going to drop my resume <laughs> off. You can't do that anymore. Not that you would, but you know, what, what has changed in the last year, maybe that you've taken advantage of, like maybe, Hey, you know what? I, I try to do a zoom call with, you know, prospective recruiters or whatever, or, you know, what is it that I'm doing differently to, to again, get one leg up on the competition? Because basically you're, you're competing against, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not, you know, uh, millions of people out there in different, in, in different uh, areas of work for work. Um, so, and, and, you know, there's all kinds of different ways to, to approach them. So again, what have you done differently? How, yeah. how would you do it? If you were asking, or if I came to you looking for a job, uh, reverse the table, what would you be looking for? Yeah. You know, like no, those are just, again, situa situational based questioning, um, you know, based on what you're looking for. It always comes back to you. you. You know, you as the hiring person need to know what you're hiring for, you know, what you want to see, how you'd like to see them grow. Other things I used to look at, John. Um, mm -hmm. And now, again, during the pandemic, it's not there. Um, I know that personally I coached 
um, sports um, throughout my kids, uh, you know, upbringing. And I found that it made me a better manager, the coach kids, because, Mm -hmm. you know, you get different personalities. You get the kids that are outgoing are really, really good. You get the kids that aren't very good and sitting on the bench. At the end of the day, it's your job to bring everybody up. So as a team, you collectively, everybody's contributing and and ultimately we're going to win as a team or we're going to lose as a team. Again, transition that to your hiring practices. You know, like, again, you know, ask, hey, what what have you done? Like, what's different now? Well, the person may come up to you and say, well, I didn't coach before. Now I'm coaching. Like, um, communication is always, it's easier to communicate if you've grown up um, playing team sports. And it doesn't need to be a sport. It could be, you know, working together in different areas. Um, it's really hard if you're, if you're an introvert. Um, it's more difficult for that individual to communicate. doesn't mean you don't hire them. It just means that you might have to work with them on getting them out of their shell over time and, and whatnot. So, um, again, it comes back to the manager. What are you looking for? How do you bring it out of the person? Yeah, no, absolutely. Great points. And, and I like that. And you're right. You don't necessarily need to be a coach on a sports team, but even, you know, working in a, in a non, in a nonprofit, working as a volunteer in some of these organizations and just getting that experience leading and managing people in a, in a slightly different way is all going to transition back to corporate life, right? Like if you can manage, right. Like, and now, you know, one of the examples I've used a few times on some of these calls is, you know, if you're a part of the Toastmasters organization, it's, you know, one that's really done wonders for me personally, but, you know, just being in that environment where you don't have a direct say over somebody's pay because everybody's a volunteer um, and being able to manage and motivate and challenge and grow and, you know, keep moving forward in terms of your objectives man, when you show up with those skills in a corporate environment, you're just going to be, you know, you're going to be ahead of your competition. You're going to be able to show people, you know, through live examples, this is what I've done with my team. And this is how we've been able to become a high performing team. So not only that, sorry, not only that, um, you know, Toastmaster is a great example. You talked about, you know, you gotta, you gotta build your network. Well, Mm -hmm. guess what? You're out there, you're with people that are, you know, um, trying to learn the same skills and, and help others bring them along to, to develop those skills. Well, those individuals are in multiple corporations all over the place. Yeah. Um, you know, you're building your network through and learning. So it's not as if you're just reaching out and, and meeting people, you know, and, and having you know, maybe lunch with them or, or around the golf with them. You're, you're actually learning and contributing and helping. And all the while you're building your network. That, you know, somewhere down the road, you know, somebody's going to say, hey, I, I'm, you know, oh, wait a minute, John's, you know, John would be a great fit for this job. Uh, let me see what he's doing. Let me see what he's up to. So, again, it may not necessarily be you're looking for the job today, but it might be a job tomorrow that you're not even looking for that presents itself. Yeah. No, and, and you know, just like you said, you know, that networking piece, right? It's not something, and, and I like that you mentioned that when you build a network, it's not necessarily for a particular moment or a particular situation. You're also building it for the long term, right? Like, and this is one of the things, and, and I'm so happy you said this, you know, because it's one of the things that I'm constantly talking to the audience about is, you know, don't build a network for just today, build it for tomorrow, build it out for the five, 10, 15 years. Because you never know what's going to happen, right? And just to be able to have a pool of people that you've built and established trust with, which, I, you know, when it comes to networking, it's one of the things you definitely got to have. Uh, but building that trust and you do it over time, it's just going to make it easier when you get into other things. So 
Oh, Absolutely. great. I'm really happy that you mentioned that. So as we start to wrap up, and I know we're, we're pretty much uh, at time here, but uh, if people wanted to get a hold of you or if people wanted to connect with you, how could they do that, you know? Uh, you know what, John? You and I, uh, we, we talked about it from a LinkedIn perspective. I think my LinkedIn profile. So I'm not, I'm, I, you know, I used to call myself the traditional old guy. So um, <laughs> I've got a lot to learn when it comes to, you know, um, getting out and, and, and improving things. Um, I would say right now, guys, I'm going to give you my my personal email address. I know it's not the wow. best way to uh, <laughs> not the best way, um, but feel free if you want to you know throw me an email. Um, it's Moretti at Rogers.com. Um, okay, John, okay. I'm going to I'm going to look to you to help me with uh, with my LinkedIn profile over the next several weeks, and and hopefully we can uh, I can get that out for you guys. If anybody uh, if anybody's got any questions, feel free to you know throw them out. I'll, I'll do my best to try to answer them if you have any. Yeah, no, for sure. No, definitely. I'll, I'll definitely help you with your LinkedIn. I know a thing or two about that. Uh, and I'll, uh, in the show notes, I'll make sure to include your email. You might be bombarded. So <laughs> I'm letting you know that right now because, you know, 107 countries download this podcast. It, it, it's got a pretty far reach. So, but I'll definitely uh, share that out with everybody. Gino, I just wanted to say a big thank you, you know, from the bottom of my heart, just a big thank you for, for being a part of this today and just sharing your insights with all of us. It's just been great to, to, to hear from somebody who's on the other side of the table that brings in people into the organization, you know, what they're looking for specifically, because that's what's going to give these candidates an advantage. And if they can prepare for those conversations, that's what's going to make them successful. So thanks again for, for taking the time to, to share your insights with all of us. My pleasure, John. Anytime. And for everybody out there, keep listening to John. He's a great guy. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> All right, everybody. So that wraps up this episode of the podcast. Wishing you all a great one. Talk to you all soon.